And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Wednesday, November the 20th, 2019, in the year of our Lord. 41 days left in 2019. Can't hardly believe it's gone by that quickly. Some of you are saying, man, it seems like it's been 10 years. Now, today on November 20, 1985, the first version of Microsoft's Windows operating system, 1.0, was officially released. Today, in uh, 1789, New Jersey became the first state to ratify the Bill of Rights. Today, in 1945, 22 former Nazi officials went on trial in Nuremberg, Germany. Twelve of them were sentenced to death. Seven received prison sentences, and their sentences ranged from about, I think it was one year to ten, if I recall, but three were acquitted. Today, in 1947, Britain's future queen, Princess Elizabeth, married Prince Philip. He's the Duke of Edinburgh. West, they got married at Westminster Abbey. Today, in 1967, the U.S. Census Bureau's population clock at the Commerce Department ticked past 200 million people in America. That was today in 1967. Today, in 2019, I, I didn't know this just off the top of my head, but I checked that same clock, that same population clock a few minutes ago, about 10 to 9 this morning. It read 330,019,404. That would already be incorrect, but that's what it read about 10 minutes ago. 330,019,404. Today, in 1969, the Nixon administration announced a halt to residential use of the pesticide DDT as part of a total phase-out. I have a great relationship with DDT. I grew up in an orchard in the Yakima Valley, as many of you listeners know. And um, I remember the airplanes used to fly over our house, which was in the orchard, dusting the trees with DDT. And man, I was out there running around in the orchard. I didn't know it was all that bad. Here I am. They, but they phased it out. But I have a I have a great memory of DDT. They used it for everything. It really worked. I mean, it killed everything from mosquito to to mites on orchard tree fruit trees. And I mean, it was great. It was a kind of a miracle thing there for a while. Anyway, today was the beginning of the end of DDT. 1969. Today, in 1998, 46 states embraced a 206 billion dollar settlement with cigarette makers over health costs for treating sick smokers. I don't know this for sure, but I would guess that class action lawyers have gotten a pretty good chunk of that $206 billion. Today in 2000, lawyers for Al Gore and George W. Bush battled before the Florida Supreme Court over whether the presidential election recount should be allowed to continue. It was allowed to continue, and Al Gore lost. He went on to make millions, giving his speech on imminent global warming. Then it evolved to imminent climate change. Now it's climate crisis, and people are still making millions of dollars, tearing down buildings, redoing the whole structure of our culture, because the earth is about to burn. I don't know. I read a lot of science on that. And boy, I'm finding as much science that says, no, that's not true. 
as science that does say it's true. It's just that those who are are committed, they're obsessed with convincing the American public and the world that we are about to collapse in a cauldron of boiling lava or something because of climate change. I don't know. There, there's as many scientists out there that are denying it. I mean, they're saying that, that that isn't true. That isn't what the, the stats are showing. But they get no voice because it doesn't fit the politically correct narrative. Boy, I'll tell you, setting through Tuesday's all-day impeachment inquiry must have been tough. I didn't do it. I didn't want to. I mean, you can only take so much of that stuff. It's like an endless loop of seasons in the sun or Groundhog Day or something. I don't know, but it, it it's like sitting there on a hot summer day with nothing, no Kool-Aid to drink or, you know, mosquitoes. I don't know. It's just irritating to set through that thing. So I don't, I don't know who's doing it, but I guess some are. But the Democrat progressives are supposed to be very philosophically and intellectually advanced. That's what they tell us. I'm not seeing it when I glance in and out of those hearings. But I got to tell you, I reviewed it very carefully last night, and I've been looking at it this morning a little bit, just catching some of the tone of it. I, I, you know, I can see why people aren't watching that. In fact, the ratings are plummeting so much on this thing that CBS yesterday. They just returned to regular programming. They said, we're not going to run this. Nobody's watching it. And you, if you really listen to Adam Schiff, who's chairing, he's running, he's railroading this thing. Nancy Pelosi chose him to be her guy in this. It becomes so, so subversive and complicated and boring and multi-layered and multi-directional. I mean, it's just all over the place. And people, people, I mean, there's people that actually think that these people are trying to get to the truth, and they're not. They really aren't. Even by some of them, their own admission. They're simply trying to build a case where they can get rid of a man that they hate so much that they hate him more than they love this country. And they are putting this out on full display around the world. And I got to tell you, for a number of years in my life as a pastor, a youth pastor, and as a pastor, and in between being a youth pastor and a real pastor, a senior pastor, we were very involved in missions, foreign mission works, evangelism. I built 149 churches with people's help here in the U.S. and particularly here in the Northwest. They gave thousands, millions of dollars. We build churches all over the world, 149 of them, a couple of medical centers and a Bible school in Kenya and on and on and on. I've been with these people. I've lived with them. Not just a tourist that pulls up in the in a cruise ship and gets a little blocked off area there where you can play in the sand. Then you get on the boat and you go to the next piece of paradise. It, I lived with these people in, in the darkest corners of the world. And I got to tell you, whether it's Asia, Africa, it doesn't matter. South America, Central America, it doesn't matter. These people are looking at America and they're thinking, those people are fools. They are. I know them. I've lived with them. And the world is looking at us thinking, what are they thinking? They have the most beautiful, the most prosperous, the most wealthy, the most free nation in the history of the world. And I'd give my life to get there. And they're destroying it. That's what they're thinking. 
I know they are. I've lived with them. I've eaten their little crusty little bread and so on on their dirt floor of their home. And that's what they're thinking, the whole world. And maybe we don't care what the world thinks. Maybe the Democrats couldn't care less. I think they couldn't. But in truth, they are undermining the very foundations of this nation. If you take Trump out of the mix, just take him out of the mix, what they're doing to the presidency of the United States is atrocious. And all this will be forgotten if they get a Democrat in the office. But in the meantime, they're undermining the very foundations of the world. What do you do when the foundations are destroyed? Well, in the book of Psalms, we're told that you don't run to the mountains, you don't flee like a bird, you stand. And boy, if there's ever been a time when Christians need to stand up for what we believe, it's now. If we don't speak to the issues of this culture, it's going to go to hell in a handbasket, and ultimately, we know how things turn out. We've read, I've preached many sermons as a pastor on how it ends as well as how it started. It's very clear in Revelation what happens. But in the meantime, we're called to faithfulness and to righteousness. We're called to stand in the gap, be the be the voice, blow the trumpet. There are many illustrations in the, in the Bible that tells us what to do and how to do it and what to look like in the culture of our time. These people are sitting there droning on and on and on on television. And all they want to do, they don't want to get to the truth. They don't. All they want to do is get rid of a man that they hate so much that they don't care what kind of <laughs> what kind of undermining and destruction they do to the country. The end justifies the means. That's what's going on. I mean, that's my view of it. Obviously, not everybody agrees with me. That's why... We have differences of opinions, and that's my opinion. The impeachment hearings aren't changing people's minds. Rasmussen came out with a poll yesterday. It says House impeachment hearings haven't moved voters so far, with a plurality still expecting President Trump to be reelected next November. Says the number who thinks the president's impeachment is likely hasn't changed, but there's sizable support for expanding. The hearings, this is Rasmussen, a, a poll, a survey they published yesterday. Hearings to include the activities of Joe Biden and his son. So the more people are becoming acquainted with what the, what's going on here or aware of it, they're saying, yeah, this is probably, this is okay. Why don't they include Joe Biden and his son? I mean, that's the average person out here on the street. That's what normal people think. But that's not what this is about. Rasmussen said in their report, it says, uh, 18% of likely U.S. voters think Trump will be impeached before serving his full term in office. 17% felt that way in September. That's down from 29% back a while back. So the thing is trending down in people even believing that he's going to get, even the people that want him to be taken out of office. This report says 45% still believe the president will be reelected in 2020, 45%. Basically, Rasmussen said that's unchanged in surveys over the past year. 26% say they 
that he will be defeated by the Democratic nominee, but his this finding has been trending down, Rasmussen says, from 33% in late July to 28% two months ago, and now down to 26. So it's trending down. They don't people are are not even continuing to believe that he won't be elected. I mean, it's it's amazing what's happening. I got this note yesterday. It was encouraging in the midst of the negative stuff that we see around all over the place. It says, Dear Pastor Randall, your daily Faith and Freedom posts are of the most important sources of cultural news, period. Period is all in capital letters. The enabling of the Almighty is evident as you target and address key issues of the day, getting straight to the seminal truth about each one. These not only inform, they inspire me to be vigilant, be prayerful, be courageous, be strong. Thank you. May God continue to renew your strength and expand your wisdom. Thank you. This gentleman is talking about an article that we write every day. We've been doing this since uh, 2004. Been a long time. And we publish it. We started out publishing it and sending it out to about two or 300 people that had asked for it and subscribed. It doesn't cost anything, but we put it out there to those who want it. And um, now over the years, it has expanded tremendously. It's read all across the country, and it's read in about 40 to 50 countries each each day in our regular weekly reports. So we talk about the issues, and we talk about what's going on, and some each day in this program, this radio program, which has now been on the air for an several years, I think five or six. And um, I talk about a part of this program is talking about what's in that article, because that is something that I feel very important. It's very important. And I'm honored and humbled by the readership. I mean, it's just unbelievable. But it happens every day, five days a week, 365. What's so offensive about what's happening to Chick-fil-A is that we still, oh, you haven't heard about that. Yeah, it pains me. I wrote an article on that this morning. It pains me. I want to talk to you a little bit about it. I don't even want to talk about it, much less write about it, but I did. I published it at 5 o'clock Pacific time today. Chick-fil-A is going to stop future donations to the Salvation Army and the Fellowship of Christian Athletes following years of backlash from the LGBTQ community. In fact, they're not going to be donating to any organization deemed to be biased against the LGBTQ agenda. That was stunning. I got to tell you, I didn't know whether to be angry or in disbelief. After the way that Christians, myself included, have supported this organization because of what they believe, yeah, their chicken sandwiches are good, but this was more than chicken sandwiches. It was a family who became multi-billionaires, an evangelical family, and a man who deeply loved the Lord who founded this, passed away here a couple of years ago, handed it off to his son, who also said that he espoused his father's faith and beliefs in biblical marriage and the sanctity of life and so on, has apparently now taken a turn and walked away from the faith, at least in practice. It's a sad story. In fact, a lot of people, everybody I was reading last night and this morning are expressing 
Sadness, Tony Perkins and Mike Huckabee and all these guys, some of them whom know them well, know the Kathy family. They know them well. The word that they keep saying is sad. Even the Salvation Army said, we're sad. That's the only way to describe it. A spokesman for the company said Monday, it got out into the news yesterday, spokesman said, representing the, the company, he said, moving forward, you will see that Chick-fil-A Foundation will support the three specific initiatives of homelessness, hunger, and education. That's amazing. I mean, it's stunning. That's what the Salvation Army does. And the gays have been trying to destroy the Salvation Army for I don't know how long. The Salvation Army has been around for 164 years or 184 years, whatever it is. I mean, it's forever. We support them, my wife and I. We have for years. They do a good job. I even was asked to ring a bell a couple of years, and I did. I went out there and rang the bell, and I don't know if I raised much money for them, but I did. A lot of people said hi. But they're a great organization. I don't have any connection to them other than the fact that we just donate money to them every year. But it was stunning to me. And Fellowship of Christian Athletes, I had a great relationship with them in the past. In fact, all the years that we had the television program that that was produced at the CBS affiliate in Portland, and it was syndicated around the country, mostly on CBS stations, a daily TV show, I had endless guests from the, the Christian Athletes, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Some of you who are older, you remember Jim Zorn played for the Seahawks, Steve Largent, those guys. They were on all the time. I mean, they were very, very active, sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ with kids who looked up to them. Russell Wilson does the same thing. A lot of these athletes go out and they they not only allow their lives to be shaped by the truth of God's word, but they go out into the community. They influence these kids. They understand that they have influence and they use it for the goodness and the righteousness of the kingdom of God. And a man who has built a $4 billion or $6 billion company on the backs of Christians who believe in them and their chicken sandwiches are good is now saying we're not going to support any longer the Salvation Army and Fellowship of Christian Athletes because they're bigoted and they're biased toward gay rights. I almost can't believe what I'm saying, but it's true. I'll give you a little background on it. Samuel Truett Cathy, he's the guy that started it, S. Truett Cathy. He founded Chick-fil-A in 1946. Truett died in 2014. He, at the time, he was his personal net worth was $4.2 billion. They've not gone public with this company. It's, it's a private company. Maybe they're getting ready to go public. I don't know. But anyway, it was private, so the family owned the, the deal and the family owned the wealth. But he often publicly shared that he built the company to reflect his personal biblical beliefs, kindness, respect, integrity, the word of God, the sanctity of life, marriage between a man and a woman. He was evangelical to the core, and so was his wife. He even refused to open his doors on Sunday because he said that's the Lord's day. He said he wanted to provide a great chicken sandwich, but he also wanted to be a witness, a light in the dark, and so on. Well, his son Dan Cathy now has taken over. He's serving as, he has been serving as the COO, and Dan is now chairman, president, and CEO of the company, taking his father's place, obviously, 
and his net worth is listed at $6.6 billion. For 68 years, Truett steadfastly stood by his deeply held biblical beliefs. In 2012, Dan, the son, was asked by several people about his personal beliefs. And I spent a little time on this yesterday, and I looked at some of the things he said. I looked at a couple videos. You know Clark Howard? He's a guy on the radio that wants you to live without spending a penny on anything. I, my wife used to listen to him a long time ago. I really got tired. I mean, I like him, but I got tired of that. But anyway, Clark Howard is apparently a good friend of the Kathy family, and there are a lot of people. I'm, I'm not, but I know people who are good friends with this family. They know them well, and they're like one of us, or they have been. And Clark Howard is apparently a, a good friend of Dan Kathy, so he's interviewing him on this video on YouTube. In fact, I included it in an article that I wrote today. You can get the article at faithandfreedom.us. Just go to that. Just go to faithandfreedom.us, and the article I'm talking about comes right up. And it's about Chick-fil-A. But Clark Howard was asking him about it, and Dan went in. Uh, Kathy went into a long explanation of his faith and how he loves the Lord, and so on and so forth. And I, I kept looking for him to sort of hedge on something he didn't. But boy, I'll tell you, homosexuals across the country now, since he said that publicly back in 2012 and 2014, they've been assaulting the Kathy family. They've been assaulting. Chick-fil-A. I mean, there's not a Chick-fil-A that ever... Remember now disgraced Mayor Ed Murray in Seattle, former state senator, former representative before that? He was the guy that kind of carried the banner against all of us who were trying to preserve marriage back in the day, make it between a man and a woman legally in Washington State. And he was the guy that led led the pack. And he's the guy that would often, always say, you, it's got to be in, in, incremental. You can't just do it all in one day. You've got to be incremental. The Seattle Times would run the stories about him. They'd talk about him. They'd praise him and celebrate him and so on. Until later, they did not. They, To their credit, and I know several of the reporters there fairly well, some of them, to their credit, they told the truth in the end. But he used to talk about how incrementalism, how it was the best tool to get things done and so on. And the Seattle Times would, you know, after... After the big fight over in marriage over the uh, partnership deal where people had legalized, recognized partnerships, homosexuals did, um, the next day after that was passed, approved by the voters in Washington State, Ed Murray came out in the Seattle Times saying that now the next step is, and the whole thing was predicated on the fact that that was supposed to satisfy them so they wouldn't try to redefine marriage. And there were even pastors who were advocating against those of us who were trying to protect marriage at that level. Ed Murray, the next day, was out there saying, you know, no, okay, we've got, we've won this battle. Now, the next step is, and the Seattle Times even wrote an editorial. I, I remember it well, because I was asked about it on a couple of radio shows around town. They even wrote a, an editorial that said, give them the name marriage. They said, you've given them everything else. So incrementalism works this way, and it's always it's always incremental what these folks are doing. And there are those recognizing, and I'm not the only one that recognizes this. Others are saying this this morning in, in other areas. 
on national radio and television. But I will tell you, that's what's going on here. Mike Huckabee is a friend of the Kathy family. He says he was incensed by the vitriolic assaults on the Chick-fil-A company. When the Kathy family was kind of put on the spot and asked, what do you believe about marriage? They took a stance for their personal beliefs. They said, we believe that marriage is between a man and a woman. S. Truett, the guy that founded it. He said that, and his children said that, his wife said that. Now all of a sudden, he's with the Lord, and his son has taken over. I don't know what's happened. I don't know what goes on in their office. But I know one thing. I know they made this statement. But when the gays organized against them a few years ago, 2012, 2014, in that time frame, Mike Huckabee came out, and he launched a national Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day. You may remember that. I talked about it on the radio. I wrote about it at the time. He asked all Christians and conservatives to visit a Chick-fil-A that week or on a certain day of that week, I think it was. And he asked them not to engage in any conflict or inappropriate words with those who are picketing all these Chick-fil-A places all over the country. America responded. Millions additional people went to Chick-fil-A. They hit. They set record sales that have never ever diminished much. They've never returned to their original levels of very, very successful sales. America responded. It was a watershed moment for, I don't know, It's all for an already successful company. It gave the Christians something to, to come together, to stand for, to help these people. And yes, they made millions, billions of dollars as a result of it over the following years. But it made a statement that Christians usually know how to show up when it's important. When the Salvation Army heard this news on Monday, Monday evening, yesterday, they said, we're saddened. That's their words. When Mike Huckabee heard the news, he too was sad. In fact, he tweeted this, Mike Huckabee, yesterday. He said, I coordinated a national Chick-fil-A Appreciation Day after they were being bullied by militant hate groups. Millions showed up. Today, Chick-fil-A betrayed loyal customers for dollars. I regret believing they would stay true to convictions of founder Truett Cathy. Sad. Tony Perkins, everybody's talking about this today. The Salvation Army said We've, we are saddened to learn that a corporate partner has left and it found it necessary to divert funding to other hunger, education, and homeless organizations because we are the largest social services provider in the world. They're already doing what Chick-fil-A is now reappointing themselves to do. To put it bluntly, the leadership of Chick-fil-A is retreating under pressure from the Rainbow Mafia, and that's what happens so often. Pastors cave and become silent. Businesses cave, and they change their beliefs. We're, we're going to have to get it straight. We're living in perilous times, and I will tell you, We've got to know what we believe, and we've got to be able to stand like the florist in, in Richland and the baker in Colorado. We've got to be able to stand for what we believe. Well, we'll continue this conversation tomorrow. Thanks for being with me today, and thank you for your support. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I'll see you tomorrow.